Welcome back to the Booze Buddy Update, another round. Mel Allen here, and this is a special interview series where I talk to people in and around the craft adult beverage scene. And this week's episode of Another Round, talking to Andy James from the Owl Stars and Troy Millette of Troy Millette and the Fire Down Below. Now, this episode is a bit different. It's a bit more of a freeform conversation between some friends with a few ideas that kind of just got us started. There is some language in today's episode. Just want to give you that heads up that uh, uh, they're yeah, it's free form. We're talking in a bar. Uh, here's a mostly unedited record of us talking, even some camera glitches if you're watching the video. Uh, one of my cameras ended up shifting after I checked everything, so it didn't catch me. The other one uh, ran out of batteries about partway through, but we did capture all of the audio for it. So if you're listening, you'll just notice that the conversation suddenly takes a bit of a turn abruptly uh, a little more than halfway through the episode. So without further ado, uh, here I am talking to Andy James and Troy Millette. Of course, their links will be in the show notes. All right. Welcome back to another round. A little bit of a freeform edition with two musicians here. We got Andy. Yeah. Andy James, right? Yeah, you can use whatever name for me that... Uh... <laughs> oh, I have some. Can a, I volunteer for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever name well, works best for you. Let me just introduce you. So this is Troy Millette, of course, who's with us, who's going to South by Southwest. I, wait, I thought it was right? Millet. It's mullet, millet, mullet, mullet. mullet. Oh, Troy mullet. mullet. Okay, Troy yeah. mullet. Yeah, that's a way for, better uh, yeah. party. For soup? Troy mullet. Yeah. Mullet, yeah. or it was either millet. Business or, in the front, party in the back. That's what I call it. You know? He told me <laughs> they used to call it a bi level when yeah. he had oh, right. one. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's good. Yes, going to South by Southwest this weekend. I'm pre-drinking so that when I get to Austin, my liver doesn't go into shock. Yeah. No, you got to pre-game. Yeah. Like everybody knows, you got to pre-game. You got to do it properly. And just, by the way, shout out to Black Flannel Brewing Company and Distilling yes. Company. We are we are just camping in the corner of their bar without them even knowing. So, <laughs> right, we're very inconspicuous here with your two cameras set up. Nobody's going to notice. And your hamster nobody's, microphone. Nobody's, yeah, the little they probably little fluffy will hamster over come here. by and ask us if we want more drinks, though. And we will say gladly yes. say yes, yes, because that's what we do. Um, actually, I want to talk to you guys because I mean, first, I think you guys are awesome. So right. like. Just got to get that out of the way. Back at you. <laughs> Second. Uh, I, well, I, what I can say is thank you so much. Your interview with Ryan, you uh, name dropped a few times. I definitely appreciate that. I, did. I like the name drop. I'm I a big did. Fan yeah, of name I'm, drop. I'm, a, I'm a name dropper. You know, especially when it's you know people that I consider uh, you know among my friends yeah. and Troy. I you uh, know, <laughs> I charge by the name drop, so that's fine. That's I deserve right, yeah. that. I knew it was coming, so yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you guys are you guys are great because you both are you know intimately familiar with the beer scene in vermont yep. um, and beyond uh, you also are great musicians who play uh, multiple places i mean you know i was talking about how you're playing at 14 star i know you guys have gone over to places in new hampshire and i know you guys play other places as well and that no it's cool <laughs> that yeah. is just it's such a cool thing to me that you guys have this knowledge of the scene that is, I guess, unique from anybody else that I've on the podcast, and that's that's kind of what I'm looking for is like that unique, interesting perspective. So, how psyched are you guys? I might swear in this word, so this might actually be labeled as explicit. Okay, I'm ready because I've had a couple can, of beers. I can. Uh, but how I can fucking swear. psyched are you guys that we have actually like started to open back up? People yeah. are going back into places. 
you guys are probably, I'm assuming, booking more, yeah. and you've got way more interesting shit going on in, in your careers and in your musical life right now than has been going on for probably the past two years. Yeah, I don't even really remember what it was like pre-pandemic to, to book gigs. Um, There's know. a lot of, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it, it was a lot of like uh, online shows. I did a ton of online shows, which the beer scene was still pretty prevalent in. I mean, 14 Star sponsored a bunch of our live streams through that, and uh, yeah. I was drinking way more than I probably should have been or ever had before. So we would do, we would go to Robot Dog, and we would, uh, which is was which uh, at the time was right above Burlington Beer in uh, Williston, Vermont. And right, so, their old location, which is now just a brew facility. Right. Yes. And they've taken over that whole building, which, you know, good and bad, you know. It, Robot dog I mean, it's awesome is, that is Burlington sad. Beer is expanding, and uh, right. their spot uh, down uh, near the waterfront off Pine Street is beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're doing some amazing things. They're doing great things, and I can't hate on that by any means at all. I gotta yeah. love that. You know, as a, as a person, like, that's a success story you hope that a lot of people reach. Yeah. But you guys, like, have just... Um, this this depth of knowledge of beer you know and uh you know it's kind of like the old answer of like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop like how many beers does it take to get to the center of a tremola and andrew james show seven seven okay all right so we know the number (laughs) between us right a case between (laughs) us that's uh there's a podcast a case between us oh i like that one yeah that's the romance this by the way i think i think i'm gonna just steal this before he does by the way before troy does uh, the 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 buzzed buddy update. Buzzed buddy. This is this is the first episode. The, uh, the buzzed buddy. I like it. The buzzed buzz buddy update. Because yeah, we're just hanging out here, having some good beers, black flannel. Cheers to these guys. Yeah, big and, in the uh, music scene. We're talking about Burlington's uh, Burlington Beer Company's growth. Uh, black flannel is three storefronts here in Essex. Yes. Uh, which yeah. I remember when they were like the Oshkosh and the Gap or whatever, but this is much cooler. Levi's. Way cooler. Yeah. Levi's, yep. And I'd much rather shop here. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And I do. I shop here much more frequently. I than shopped I here just last night. I don't know what that says about me, but. Do you I'm get back a coupon again. for a 24 hour return? Uh, oh, I need I, to check with the. the I played here uh, once last summer, and I, and I played here before that. And you've played here a bunch. A bunch of times. So they, they have you guys play outside, or are you guys playing inside when you play here? Yeah. I haven't played in the barrel room yet, but I know that they're having music in the barrel room. Uh, yeah. When I played here, it was outside. Nice. And they're closely tied in with the Double E Performance Center right across the way here. So uh, tap takeovers and that whole thing. They're basically one and the same in this in this whole complex now, which is amazing. Yeah, like everybody in here works together, which is pretty cool. I can't wait to yeah. see some of the other places that are going to open up in here and what that kind of brings to this community. But... Like, what, what are some of the, uh, I mean, obviously, you're going to go to South by Southwest. Yes. We're going to definitely have to revisit that. Barbecue you, and beer, I'll back. have all the stories yeah, for you. <laughs> definitely. I will supply the barbecue and the beer. Um, and you tell, you tell the stories. But, like, what are some of the cool things that you guys have done that have kept you alive? I mean, I know that you guys recently both played over in New Hampshire. Yep. That was, that's kind of cool. Like, uh, Reckless Brewing in nice. Bethlehem. New Hampshire. Beautiful facility there. Uh, I've driven, I've so driven nice. to Bethlehem many times. I didn't even know there was a brewery. Oh, it, it, that, it, But probably it's been a couple of years since I was. So. Yeah, it's fairly new. I think they said, what, 2017? Yes. Um, you know, so whether they were in that facility or not, I couldn't tell you. All but right. it's, it's growing quickly. They're expanding to outdoor spaces and kind of satellite locations, um, like Red Clover does similarly down in Brandon. They expanded nice. into the 
basically took over the town park and Brandon now is just a, is a beer garden. And I hope that sticks around post-COVID. Um, I hope so. Yeah, any town uh, forest or anything you can change into bars, places to drink, I'm all for it. That's my platform when I run for <laughs> When you run for governor, yes. yeah. <laughs> nice. I, you'll, I think you'll probably have my vote if I remember what voting is because, you know, I'll probably have some beers with you and who knows what I'll remember and what I'll forget. Um, so, Andy, you also bring in a cool Mike marketing background. Like, you did a beer thing. I did. If you want to talk about it. I uh, do, you know. yeah. And so, in 2014, uh, I was talking with a mutual friend of ours, Eric uh, Lucier. And, uh, we don't use the F word with Eric. We don't use friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a mutual acquaintance. No. Uh, who, had, who uh, when I started playing back in the scene in 2007, he'd come out to see Citizen Bear Duo with John Gratton and I. Nice. Uh, and he knew that I, I played around the scene. He knew that I was in breweries playing. Uh, Citizen Bear was the first band to play at, um, at Four Quarters Brewery in Winooski. And I had a relationship with, I, I had a friendship with uh, the brewmaster at 14 Star, Dan Sartwell, who's actually the general manager of uh, Black Flannel right now. Of all this fun. Oh, all right, yes. okay, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I met a bunch of the folks from around the scene. Uh, uh, it was Crop Brewing, mm-hmm. uh, which is now Idle Time. So I, right, I, had right. a, I had some inroads through the music into different breweries. So Eric and I started talking and uh, he was talking to me about marketing uh, for breweries, and there are a bunch of breweries in 2000, you know, uh, the boom kind of started in 2009. Right, that's when we started really getting into the multiple double digits. You know, that's yeah. when, like, there were 30, 40... I guess right. probably 2012, 2013 is when we started to really get there. Yeah. You know, and then 2014 stuff started to really take off, and so Eric and I were talking about it, and there was a, enough new breweries out there that really kind of needed some help with uh, their front facing. Right, because they were uh, good at brewing beer. They were, yeah, they were good at like, They really were. You know, good at drinking it. Yes, which is really important. you got to test your and, product. And whenever you, you have, whenever you have a, a, a lot of one product in an area, you have to figure out a way to set yourself apart. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, we were talking to people like Burlington Beer, uh, Lost Nation, we were talking to Four Quarters, um, Payne Mountain, which Payne Mountain in Northfield uh, then kind of, I won't say it became Good Measure, but the folks at Good Measure it took over the space. In a way, yeah. No, I mean, Andrew, um, Andrew, the bar manager over at Mule Bar in Winooski. Yes. He, um, great chicken sandwich at Mule Bar. Great tab list. Yes. Great tab oh, list. The tab yeah, list one of the is better tab lists in, in the state. And yep. it's cool that they uh, they let their staff like partially curate. I was just there the other day, uh, Sunday, yeah. after the UVM men's uh, hoops game. And it was like curated menu by whatever, Stephanie or whatever her name was. And it was three taps on the side nice. um, that were three things that they had decided to bring in, which is really, a really cool thing. I think I, I got to love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah give um, back program. Magic Hat used to do a bunch of stuff like that for their staff, you know, have a say in the taproom aesthetic and I all that. I think if you go to Three Penny, it's the same fo- the same folks who own Meal Bar own yep. uh, Three Penny in Montpelier. So it's kind of similar. In, right. In another bar with a great tap list. Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, so we just started doing some marketing for different uh, breweries around the state. We had 
we had uh, facilitated the uh, first year anniversary for Four Quarters mm-hmm. Brewery, and uh, yeah, I mean, just when you when you're playing music, you know, you're playing in bars, you yeah. develop relationships with people, and I found that when I would play at breweries, uh, I really just enjoyed the atmosphere, and I enjoyed people, and those people are passionate about what they do, you know. Well, it goes yeah, back to the word curation to me, right? So it's, I think that the, the tap room scene, the, the brewery scene in Vermont, really gave birth to a subset of our music scene that didn't really exist before 2009, 2010. Uh, you know, basically in Burlington, the old trope, right, is like, how do you get gigs if you don't play Fish or Dead covers? You know, and I think that tap yeah. rooms, places like this, booking original music in they those five really to wanted, eight. And that's yeah. why they were coming to see us. They wanted us to go and play there is because... Well, first of all, we weren't playing cover, cover, so not good they, ones. They didn't have to, they didn't have to pay whatever the ASCAP fee was, right? For, to have us come right, in and play, have, yeah, to because we were playing there, yeah. original music that wasn't copyrighted by by the larger corporations, mm-hmm. and and so, um, but they were also just really like the the beer scene at least back in two thousand, the brewery scene back in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. It was so grassroots. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it was like. That was word of mouth back then, and a lot of people weren't doing anything online. They weren't doing anything. I mean, there th- wasn't an Instagram account for most of the breweries that I. Thank God for the Alchemist, right? Yeah. I mean, you, whatever you think about however, yeah. however it went, like, like John. Well, you think of The Alchemist like you think of your favorite band, right? Like, think of all the people that love yes. Parachutes or a Rush to the Head Coldplay but can't yes. stand Viva La Vida. You know, that, I, I think that's the, the correlation Vermont, right? Right, <laughs> right. It's like everybody loves yellow and everybody loves the scientists, but like, yeah. uh, but, um, but like, Viva La Vida's not for me, you know? And it's like, I think The Alchemist yeah. became that thing. And I think that so many others, I mean, the parallels between the beverage industry to me and the music industry oh, yeah. are so similar, right? Is now with SoundCloud and all these music streaming services, Spotify, Shazam, Amazon Prime, you, you can find something you love Mm-hmm. And there's just so much content out there that you might never revisit it. You hear a song, you're like, that's an right, awesome yeah. song. I yeah. feel that same way about beer. You can live, yeah, you can live off the what's new yep. list, Every time. whether it's music or whether it's beer, in this state now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why would I pick up, you know, you know how damn good a beer I really like has to be for me to walk by it in the store and buy it again when I could try something new. The yeah. culture's to try new. I mean, and I think that similar to the way we'll never see another band like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers or the Beatles, We'll, we'll probably, at least in the foreseeable future, not see a line of, of beers in this state that does the number nine thing, that does the switchback ale thing, right, that, that does, does the heady topper. topper yeah. Well, you just think, like, that the moment you had uh, uh, Double Sunshine for the first time, mm-hmm. like, my mind was blown. Like, and yeah. still, Oh, so that's what happened to it. <laughs> I was fine before I had the Lawson's Double Sunshine. But really, like, the first time I had that beer, I was like, this do be hitting different, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I remember I, I was drinking, I kid you not, a Miller Lite when Alchemist first started canning Petty Topper, and a friend of mine handed it to me, and he was like, "This is the best beer you can buy in the United States." And I cracked it, and I took a sip of it, and I was like, "What the fuck did you just hand to me?" Because my mind couldn't comprehend, and my taste buds couldn't comprehend. And it took me about five or six sips of it to realize, like, wow, this is really good. Every sip is like a new experience. And 
you know, it was too complex for my palate at the time. And I'm much more of a vocal banger, by the way, fan oh. now. But, well, I enjoy but Hetty Topper a lot. Is, is still one of those ones that, like, I still drink it, and I'm still, like, it's blown away, if it's fresh, by how damn good it is every time you take a sip. And, yeah, they put a spotlight on beer, and they made people think about beer in a seriously different way. I recently drove around much of the eastern United States and I made a point to go to a bunch of breweries that were like supposedly like the best in their area and I had the best beer that they had on tap and I sent a couple of them back because I'm like dude this is not good right like your lines are dirty or you guys burned this or there were a couple of other accidents that happened and I was like just give me something that's not bad well it's, it's so interesting to me you know, if you go from 2013 to here we are nine years later where yeah. everything's gone, um, a, a really good friend of mine from high school started a beer uh, line cleaning business. Right. And at one point, he was just doing that as a free service for Farrell. But then he got to the point. So is this Billy? Billy Brigham, yeah. Yeah, uh, Billy. Smith. I've invited Billy onto the podcast. I Billy love, Brigham. I, Schedule, man. We've emailed. We've talked. I love Schedule. Willis. Schedule. I love Willis Stoneman, but, uh, yeah. you know, when he was one of the people that reached out to Measured Methods because he's like, he's like, you're playing music, you have this beer marketing business, get yeah. me into breweries. And, and, you know, I would bring him in, but not to every single one because that dude, he can get a little crass sometimes. Yeah. He's Actually, good at what uh, he does. That was the dude when we were at uh, 14th Star to meet with Ryan uh, about revamping the... Oh, yeah, the, he was working on the bar remodel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, tap, the tap space. Yeah, he's yeah. really, really good at what he does. Yeah, I know, I know this from experience because I've been to a bar before he went, and I've been to the same bar right after he visited, and you can taste the difference if you have any palate at, at all. And mine's not even refined. Well, it's you know? one of those things that the, the craft beer scene. I like. I used to work at a liquor store, and uh, our our manager was really into you know one of the music thing post college, uh, working the couple shifts at the store to pay with pay the bills. And our manager was really into the beer scene. So we were one of the first stores in that area of Vermont to have the walk-in beer cave and do the whole thing. And you know, my, my manager used to joke that Vermont is just the um, the Napa Valley of hops. Yes. And it's just that, you know, not everything, Four Quarters is a great example. Um, I think that uh, Black Flannel has some very dessert, very palate heavy beers that are, are meant to be consumed in a six ounce sampler. You don't want 16 right. of it. And, no. you, and you cleanse that palate and you I sit there and you last sip night, it. Like, I'm like, these two I'm gonna need in a small glass, man. I'm like, yep. and he kind of looked at me funny, but I'm like, I'm, I'm getting started. Yeah. <laughs> yes, once you start me up, you'll never stop. Right, you yeah, know? Like, you know, you got, but, but those beers, you gotta have like that. It's the proper way to drink some of those kinds of beers is to give your palate a rest between them because there's, there's so much flavor there. You really shouldn't have the 16 ounces at a time. Yeah, one thing about uh, black flannel specifically as we sit here is the proper glassware for each brew. Every and I, beer. Yeah. I love that the menu, um, the digital shows menu you shows you which glass, which glass it comes in. Yeah. And you can actually, uh, some of those links, I don't know if they still do it as in depth now that the pandemic's winding down and they can hand you a paper menu, but you could click on what the uh, what the science of that glass was and why that brew was served in really? that glass. Oh, yeah, and some of them cool. have etching on I that. I didn't check that. Did, yeah. did, uh, did America, Flatbread used to do that as used well. To, when it, but when, before Zero Gravity yeah. left American Flatbread, I remember going and being able to go, being able to go in there, 
and uh, seeing the menu, and they would actually tell you which glass they were gonna they were gonna yep, pour it. Yeah, I do remember seeing that on there as well. Yeah, and it was funny that they had different names for some of the beers, and it was because it if you had it in that glass at American Flatbread, it would taste different from the standard glass that they gave it to you in at Zero Gravity. Oh, so really? they called it a different beer name. Yeah. That's amazing. I've, uh, I've worked my way pretty well through the four quarters menu a couple times over and I've never been served in the boot glass, but I'm like too proud really? now that I, I can't just ask what I need to order. Brian? To get it. Boot it. <laughs> yeah, give me the boot. Actually, das boot. I would das boot, yeah. I would drink out of Brian's actual boot at this rate. I just want to be served in a glass that's not. After a couple of years of four quarters, I might consider it, yeah. Yeah. I bought a really cool, they had an, uh, an auction for Vermont Adaptive and I bought Brian's um, Alchemist stainless steel growler. Uh, there, so I've been I've been puttering around town getting that thing filled up wherever nice. I can. But uh, yeah, it definitely I, I guard it with my life. I've already had a couple people be like, "I'll buy that from you for twenty bucks." And it's like, absolutely not. This is my. I actually I have a question yeah, no, for you. You can't ever sell that unless you need. It's like the kidney or I have a growler. Right. <laughs> yes. It's like uh, if I got Sorry. offered a black market deal to like save my family or give them the growler, like. Yeah. How many members of my family, and then right, maybe yeah, you can like, have. Come on, I gotta think about how many arms and legs do you need. Right. I have a beer grow. question for you. I have a beer answer that I've never asked you before. Mm-hmm. We've had several conversations. Uh, we've had a podcast, a failed podcast. We've had a failed ra- radio program, and uh, we we do have a we currently have a podcast. It's not failed yet. We'll see. Defunct, <laughs> maybe, but not. Failed. We're working on it. Uh, warped record, in case anybody's wondering. Okay, I was I was gonna say like I didn't realize that you had a failed podcast, but the uh, the, the work record uh, I like. Uh, so my question for you uh-huh. is, what was it like working at a general store and having them put in a growler bar? Yeah. And and then like watching like because you got to watch the, the all of it like the manager being so excited to get this thing in because yeah. you're talking about putting in the beer cave yeah. and how like that was like different. So I'm really interested to hear the story of the of the growler bar. Yeah, I think that it was a more exciting concept than it was a payoff, in okay. the sense that I think that the people who were into it, my manager included, great guy, like really good taste in beer, uh, and he was just kind of that early. He was almost 30 when we did that, so he was like on the later side. He he didn't want to go to Spudies and get his Bud Light. You know, he was out drinking nice right, things. Yeah, he was yeah. in places like the equivalent of a Black Flannel or a Four Quarters. So he kind of knew what what was selling and what should be hot and we were getting things there uh citizen cider was brewing a cider that was like raspberry cranberry blueberry or whatever that was just misfits and it was just for miners you know things that uh things that should have drawn and the demographic wanted bud light they're like oh if you got bud light on growler i would definitely buy them it's like well that defeats the purpose of the growler so i think the the market was not right at the time i think if you try that same concept again with where Fairfax has gone, where it's a lot of folks my age, you know, early 30s, young families, I think that you it hits a little better. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate that I actually moved to the area, so I moved, like, I'm five minutes away, six minutes away from Miners. And I remember, like, the growl bar, Growler Bar started collecting dust, and then they closed it down, and I was like, no, I wanted to try that. Like, so, for me, uh, I was actually doing measured methods, when people were talking about putting a growler bar in. So actually, the growler garage right. was somebody that would call on... What an amazing would, failed concept. <laughs> that, would, that would call on us It was to, such a successful help. failed concept, too, at the same uh, time. But it was really interesting because you had 
people who couldn't you couldn't get the cans, right? Yeah. So, but you had all this beer coming out, and at that point, like at that point, uh, Brian had gotten a crowler mach- machine. Right. So he's filling crowlers, but then when he was doing can releases, he was doing individual cans, fill the can, crowler, crowler one can machine, at a yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so. It was I remember, just, yeah, when he was back over on the side street over Canal, uh, Canal Street over, yeah, in, in Winooski. But it's just, it's fun to talk to to Troy about it because I've seen it from a lot of different levels, you know. And I talked yeah. to Aaron about it, uh, just based on my experience in the beer industry, and and Aaron, to his credit, like he was getting in all like the Sierra Nevada special releases. He was getting all that stuff in. Right. We did a Santa secret stash party every year where he would hoard. He would, you know, he was scouring was, the like uh, the amazing. inventory list. Yeah, like like beers that people would be like, people would be wanting. So he got like I think at one point we got that KBS stout one the, year. The KBS stout. Oh, he right, get, he yeah. would get the, uh, the the short release of Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot, which was their barley wine. But he would get like the barrel aged barley wine, like the stuff that was really hard to get. Thirteen percent almost. He yeah. was getting uh, all the beer camp stuff in when you couldn't get it anywhere else. Uh, and even right now, like props to Aaron, because like if you're looking for good beers from New England. Like he'll get. You like, go to miners, you can find. He'll them. get the foundations. I, honestly, in. He'll yeah. Get the the, the bunker. Is, is still like a place oh, where yeah. I go, where several of my. Beer I mean, I'd like to keep this a little bit of a secret because it's still my spot where I can still go and get like. You beers. don't have to wait in line with, at the at the delivery truck. Craft beer doesn't stop to be in the parking lot for you to get it. Yeah. I remember we got uh, we got Switchback Bombers. I believe we were the first store in the state outside of Burlington to stock switchback 24 ounce bombers. Yes. And Aaron and his grandfather, Lee, who just passed away, were driving down to switchback and driving nice. back. And I remember Lee groveling, you know, he, this guy is well into his seventies and this is having groveling like, they should be driving it to us. It's a privilege for us to sell their product and for them to make their money. And they couldn't even get them out of the back of his Chevy pickup truck without people standing in the parking lot asking how many them. they could yeah. buy. And I, I just, I just had never seen anything like it. That I was hooked after that. Are we getting more beers? Yeah, but I just ordered another round. Just oh, whatever we had oh. last. No, same, same is great. That sounds great. <laughs> I have no issues with that at all. I don't know. Uh, uh, that um, means I just have to get one more. Yeah. Honestly, like, it's it's interesting to see Fairfax. I mean, it, and in fairness, to counter the miners, I should say that Steeple and their Brewfest is pretty amazing. For, for a small selection that they have at Steeple, it is a good selection. Their Brewfest... Uh, Kind of fun. We played it several times. We uh, the last time we were asked, we actually were playing Grand Point North the same day, and I was like, "You both?" <laughs> it just it didn't work out. No, uh, I think actually, uh, who played there? It was uh, Thunder Kittens. Yeah, and Sweezy yeah. played same that here. day. Yeah. yeah. What Steeple Steeple's you know Brewfest is? Uh, it's just an amazing time, and the wonderful thing is that it brings out not just some of the you know bigger people with a little bit of better. But you also have some of the nano brewers who are bringing some really unique stuff there. Um, I got you know, single cut out of New York City at really? Switchback the uh, first year they did it, and it was such man. a. Sh- it was. I love single cut, and I mean, there. If you want a thirty dollar four pack, that's yeah. worth every dollar. I've done it a couple times at the Beverage Warehouse in Winooski, um, but it was this rinky-dink little setup. They had one poster hung crooked. 
uh, <laughs> a dirty black tablecloth tossed was, over yeah. the smallest table at the place, and people were walking by it, you know, hitting the switchback, hitting the hitting the magic hat, hitting the yep. idle time, walking back and forth. I stopped and struck up a conversation. One of the best beers I've ever had at a brew fest. That was at the waterfront booth? No, nope, that was at the steeple. The steeple. And then oh. I saw them again and they shared a tent with 14 Star at the at the waterfront one. So at the end I yeah. stockpiled all my tickets and I just last went back time and forth. I was at last time I was at the steeple uh, Brewfest, there were three guys who broke out a growler that they had in their cooler. Thank you so and much. And shared it with me. Thank is this a Booze Buddy update much. first to have beers delivered this to the table during? This is a Booze during... Buddy update first. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, what's your, do you have a piss word song? <laughs> do you, do you, he doesn't listen to NTR. <laughs> oh, he doesn't listen to NTR? I don't, no. I've, I've listened to like two episodes of NTR. Oh, Did there... you listen to the episode that I played music on? I, I, yes. I actually oh, released yes. a song. Oh, yes, yeah, the piss song. Yeah, you, yeah you're talking about song. R. Kelly. I released and, a yeah. song. Yes. Well, I rewrote that theme song. It's much better now. Oh, is it? It's much wittier. I don't know. What it is is uh, not anywhere. No one's ever heard it. It's, uh, he keeps talking about it. Yeah. But it's it just like the rest of my but music. But it's better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, so I was curious what it was like for Boots on the Ground. Because I had talked to, you know, I talked to the Growler Garage people. I talked to the, uh, the Jollies people mm -hmm. about putting the Growler. Uh, Mike, the, who uh, runs the uh, Jericho Jarlow. Yep. He used to live across the street from Miners, and he would come uh, he in and we'd runs, chat beer. Yep, uh, he runs the uh, Waterbury Market now. Very cool. Yeah, Mike's a good dude. That dude, like that dude, knows beer. Mike Trackham. Yeah. So it's it's really good to have a conversation with people who know beer. I um, I just joined actually, as a matter of fact, last night right here in this location. Joined uh, the Green Mountain Mashers. Oh, wow because one of the things that they do is that they will teach you basically what it takes to become a beer judge. I don't know that I want to become a beer judge, but the thing is that as a home brewer, it's always good to be able to drink beer and know why it's fucked up if it is, right? Like I've been really lucky in that I've had a lot of really, and I'm, I hasten to say this, but stellar beers that came out of my kitchen. Oh, and the last beer I had that you brewed was really good. And I've increased my capacity, and you know, to me, the last brew that I made actually was a little bit off. There was some, it was with the hops. To me, that's what what is what it was, and it mellowed out after about two weeks, and it was almost indistinguishable to most people. Uh, we had it for but your Oktoberfest. Yeah, for the Meltoberfest. Yeah, and uh, so uh, they're not going to be able to see this on the podcast, but uh, you guys are going to have to riff for just a moment. Are we still recording? We took a quick pause here possibly I'm, I might show all of it um, but we had some recycling that we needed to do yes. and it's important uh, recycling is good in the beer scene. but we were talking about the uh, steeple market and then you you had done a subject change and I don't know if you were going anywhere with that or what was the just... subject change I just re was really interested in hearing what it was like for someone who was trying to actually uh, boots on the ground sell the the, the growler bar because oh, I, so, because I've just I've yeah. been I've been on the one side of it you know I've been consumer and I've I've consulted with people who wanted to put in a growler bar but right. I've never like been actually day to day trying to sell it yeah and it, it sells itself when you find the people who are interested I think it's a it's a niche thing I think the people who wanted it got it yeah and the people who wanted their twelve pack and to head home mosey on home. 
you know, maybe uh, blackberry wheat is the furthest outside of their Miller or Bud Light that they try, um, you know, and I love myself a good blackberry wheat, so I get it. I think- I, I can't complain that it's a, it's a good product the Lunker makes and I get it every year. Now that they're back to using the actual uh, blackberry mash, it's a it's hundred times better. Yeah. Um, I think what's really interesting and a common thread, both through the Vermont music scene and the Vermont brew scene is the shift that's happened in the culture with those two things as the epicenter. Vermont, you know, when I was a kid, Fairfax specifically, Sleepy Town, Leaf Peepers, you know, the, the yep. 90 year old uh, Canadian women coming rolling in, you know, every September. And now that becomes a trip that you don't mind going with grandma and grandpa to check out the Leafs because you can stop at the Alchemist. It's got these, it's got this right. thing that appeals to a different demographic. And if you walk in and the Owl Stars are playing or Tremblant and the Fire Below are playing, like, oh, I love the Counting Crows. Like, this guy sounds like Counting Crows. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to have three beers. You know, they kind of feed the fire of one yeah. another. And I think I that- I totally agree, yeah. And I think that because there's so many compatible pieces with the brew scene, that everybody's really looking to give each other a hand up. The healthy competition that exists, yes. all these guys are doing collaborative brewing, you know, all these musicians are doing collaborations, recording in each other's studios. I think a lot goes hand in hand. I think there's a lot of camaraderie between yeah. the two. Yeah, I mean, I know obviously, you know, that, you know, just like with breweries and musicians, you know, some of them are just like, you know, you can't help but be jealous when you see somebody else be successful. But at the same time, you know, you get those, those people, same people get to talking and they're patting each other on the back. And there's a lot of respect that's back and forth there. And I think um, the older you get, the more, yeah, the, the, the less uh, competitive it is. Right. It's like, so you don't care at all anymore. <laughs> I, I don't no, care about I don't, I don't care about anything. No, um, no, you're competitive. I feel like I'm competitive with myself. I'm yeah. like, you know, at, at, at this age, I'm not competitive with other people. I'm like, how good can I do what it is that I do? Right? Can I hit the? And, can and I, I hit the, that the point where I want to hit? Right. Like I. I'm excited for Troy to go to South by Southwest. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, I really am. Like I, I have nothing I, but love. I bought a tease and thank you. Nothing and but I love for just it. got a tease. You uh, didn't bring any shirt or handwritten I, note. No, just a tease. It's a tease and thank it's you. It's a tease. But like it's when all I hear, a tease. when I hear young Vermont artists are doing well, like I'm past the point to being like, yeah. Well, what, like I, I know I sound as good as them. Like why am, why am I not? Yeah. Why being, not I being considered for that? Yeah. Right. And why you didn't know, they hire me for tonight? Uh, but. But I'm past that point, and now I'm just like, oh, Francesca Blanchard is doing really well. Well, I really want her to do well, right. you know, yeah. because and it be, it builds the whole scene it up. Does. Right? It builds every the scene us up. being related with one another, you know, through the algorithms, through the posts, through the, these kind of friendships and these chats. Your brand value ups mine, and vice versa. And the brewing is the same thing, right? If people are rolling into town to go to the Alchemist. That's awesome. It's for about quality, time. consistent yeah. quality. That's awesome. Doesn't matter what you're talking about. If you're talking beer, you're talking music, you're you're talking food, you're talking marshmallows. You're like it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You know, uh, voiceovers. You're you're talking greeting cards. Like people want quality consistently. Yeah. And as long as we're all, you know, as long as we're all bringing our best quality-wise, and consistently giving people the same thing over and over again. I think that's the most important thing, and that's what builds up a scene, is collectively we are quality and consistent. Yeah. Well, honestly, like, it's my background in radio at beer events that helped me come up with the name of my voiceover business, and it's weird how that genesis, like that, you know, is also what continues me doing stuff with beer. I've done stuff with beer because... 
a lot of it, in some ways, it's like, I love it. Like, and it's what I know, and you do what you know, and you do what you love. And, you know, when I was in radio, my most fun and my best paid gigs were always going to these radio events. And I would have the beer distributors take me out to dinner and be like, man, like, you sold out, like, the last three, four events. You know, all those kegs that we brought were tapped, like, and, you know, how do you do it? And because I utterly failed for a couple of years, I was bad at it because I was trying to be this other person. And I just said, you know what? I hang out with these people like I'm here to have a beer with them. Right. And so I'm just being real. I'm just being authentic because if I wasn't here doing this job, I would be here with some of my friends having a beer. Right. And ultimately, it's what landed me, um, you know, doing, got props to Otter Creek Brewing because all over the East Coast, I was the voice of the release of White Sail Ale, which a lot of people don't even remember, but it's like a little bit of coriander, orange peel, you know. And uh, Troy wasn't old enough to drink when that came out. But I wasn't. do remember. I do remember the Otter <laughs> Creek, like the copper, uh, the copper city or whatever, the yeah, standard yeah, one, the copper yeah. brown. Copper Ale, you know, was like one of my favorite, uh, favorite beers. Still is, by the way. I buy that by the 12 pack all the time. But no, seriously, White Sail Ale, when they released that, I was working in radio production and I ended up being the voice for it. And they were just like, we want to use you all over the East Coast. And I was like, hell yeah. That's awesome. And they gave me, um, I shouldn't say they gave me, I was provided with the means to explore that beer to get the proper background to be able to do a radio commercial for it. Do they use real otters in that beer? Uh, I didn't taste any. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't something they trained you to taste. And I didn't taste any sales either, but it you was know, a, it's it really was a crazy damn tasty when, uh, I guess it means something different when I say they used me all over the East Coast. And probably if you check out my OnlyFans page, uh, you'll be able be to Be the see. only subscriber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll be the only subscriber. That's Harry Otter on OnlyFans. <laughs> be easy to find him. Uh, Very Otter VT only. Fans. There you go. I don't want to see that creek. Honestly, I think that is a wonderful way. I know you don't. I keep way. sending you the link and you just keep saying uh, uh, return to sender. We've hit the only fans point of this podcast and I think that's really where we need to end this. I agree. So, cheers my friends. Cheers. cheers. We'll talk more, and we're going to talk to you after you come back from South by Southwest. Yes, absolutely. I'll for damn sure. Stories where, are plenty. Where do I have to go that you'll talk to me after? South by So What? You, <laughs> all you got to do is a private, you know, otter episode of OnlyFans at my house. Again? And they'll use his real voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for joining on another round. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Take a moment if you think I've earned it to like, review, subscribe, or give me some feedback. You can contact me and you can find all of the places the Booze Buddy Update is online at the Booze Buddy Update's website, boozebuddyupdate.com. Thanks.